can't get fooled again. Hey, welcome back in to Talking Catholic. And today we have to talk about that every year during Holy Week, leading up to the most holy of Catholic holy days, Easter, the liberal media, without interruption or delay, decides to create a news story to attack Christ and his church. Typically, those stories involve something that questions the historical verifiability of Jesus and Mary. They they will oftentimes try to shock the world with news the, of, a, of a new gospel that has been found and how the Catholic Church kept that gospel hidden and did not include it in the Bible. And how that gospel contradicts other gospels about the life of Jesus and Mary, usually something about how Jesus had a wife and kids or, or how Mary wasn't a virgin or they found the bones of Mary and so on and so forth. At other times, they'll talk about the Egyptian or Greek or German myths about these deities or demigods who seem to be an earlier version of the gospel account about Jesus and Mary. Then every now and then, the liberal media will attack Christ and his church with the most demonic attack of them all. On March 28, 2021, Palm Sunday, CBS Morning News or CBS Sunday Morning decided to attack Christ and his church by creating a story that the that the Catholic Church is, is full of priests who are these closeted homosexuals who the Catholic Church have been forcing to remain silent and essentially saying that the Catholic Church is a bastion of homosexual perversions and that the Catholic Church were hypocrites for refusing to accept so-called gay marriage. This interview in particular featured your usual suspects, uh, priest Gregory Greitzen, um, Jesuit James Martin, and, and some priests who did not want to be identified, and some male prostitute in Italy who engages in sodomy with Catholic priests. Because if there's anything that an LGBTQ person will know, it is that we're going to face opposition. You're one of very few openly gay priests. Yeah. How many? I've always heard the number thrown out like 10 of us ten. that are really out there. Yeah. Did you remain celibate as a priest? Uh, no, I did not. I experimented, I struggled. There were liaisons, there were relationships. And there was love several times. Love and sexual intimacy with another man? Yes. With other priests? Once or twice. How many gay priests do you think there are? I'm guessing, uh, maybe 40%. Who knows? If it was 40%, I wouldn't be surprised. If it was 80%, I wouldn't be surprised. What's this? It's my dossier about gay priests in Italy. Over roughly five years, Manja Capra compiled this 1,200-page dossier of personal profiles, graphic photos, and text message exchanges with roughly 50 of the priests who were his clients. In a minute, I'm going to play for you a previous recording I made about Gregory Greiden and the heresy of homosexualism in the Catholic Church. Because nothing has really changed since I made that video. Uh, it, it's, it's aged well <laughs> so, um, since I recorded it. So, and, and, and it's something that needs to be con we need to be constantly aware of, that, that there are those inside and outside the Catholic Church who are using the sick mental disease of homosexuality to destroy the household of God, destroy the church by attacking the Father. 
Just as they use the same tactics, the same sin to attack the household of the world by attacking and trying to remove the father. Once you destroy the father's authority or take him out of the household, the house crumbles. And that's why we see in society, what we see in society with the, the fatherless homes and, and the same gender homes. And, and it's what we see in a Catholic church. You destroy the father, you destroy society. A second point also needs to be made. The Catholic Church has had a history of inquisitions. Perhaps most notably was the inquisition to root out closeted Muslims out of the church. But three inquisitions that never took place are the three that were needed the most. And we need to call on the congregation of the doctrine of faith to begin these inquisitions. The first is an inquisition of the Freemasons. Since 1738, Freemasonry has been banned from the Catholic Church, yet there has never been a Masonic Inquisition to find them and to root them out. And that is why today, some of the highest ranking prelates, bishops, priests, cardinals in the Catholic Church are active Freemasons or Masonic allies, beginning with Pope Francis. The second Inquisition that needs to take place is the Inquisition to root out communists. Communism has also been banned in the Catholic Church. Communism has been banned, forbidden since 1949, yet there has never been a communist inquisition. And that is why today some of the highest ranking prelates, bishops, priests, cardinals in the Catholic Church are either communists or communist allies. Again, beginning with Pope Francis. The third inquisition that's most needed is the inquisition to find and to root out all homophiles, all homos and all those practicing homosexuality. Homosexuality is our biggest pro-life issue today. And, 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 and the longer we allow these seminaries to train up these so-called gay priests and bishops and cardinals who then promote these six souls up the ranks, the closer to Satan that the Catholic Church is going to become. Uh, these homosexuals, these homophiles and their allies need to be found and removed from the Catholic Church. And yes, Pope Francis is clearly a homosexual ally. He gives lip service that that we can that homosexuality cannot be allowed or whatever in, in the Catholic Church, but but nearly every bishop he has appointed and every cardinal he has elected has either been um, almost all of them has either been a homosexual homosexual or or homophile, and I'm not saying that Pope Francis isn't a, isn't a duly elected pope or that he's a heretic. No, he is the pope. We love him. We pray for him. But as I've been saying for years, he is the worst pope in the 2000 year history of the Catholic Church. And if, if, if he isn't going to do his job of teaching the authentic gospel and being a source of unity, as Christ prayed he would, then he should just resign and go work again for the Jesuits. We need the congregation and doctrine of faith to begin these three inquisitions and the Catholic Church and the Catholic faithful need to demand them to do so. The devil is attacking the fatherhood of the church and we need to push back. Also, the replacement plan. Those of you who can, faithful Catholics, keep having children, raise your sons up to be priests. Some of them will accept their call to be ordained priests, but all of them must be priests of the household that God has called them to. The liberals aren't having children. They're aborting them by the boatload. So we have a chance to replace them if we raise up good men, good priests, and religious and faithful servants amongst our own. And if you know a young man who, who um, you think be a, who, who has um, the qualities and fitness to be a good ordained priest, suggest it to him. I pray for him. Support him. Now, 
Here's a video that I made on my previous format about Gregory Greitzen in a heresy of homosexualism. Homosexualism is a belief that the sacraments of the Catholic Church have no regenerative or transformative power over persons who are inclined to same-sex attraction or homosexual acts. To be clear, this teaching is at complete odds of what the Catholic Church actually teaches about homosexual acts and about its sacraments. That homosexual acts are gravely, that they are intrinsically disordered, that they are unnatural, and that they can by no means be approved of, and that the sacraments truly are efficacious that they assist in conformance to the image of Christ because they actually do perform what they propose because it is Christ Jesus himself who is at work through the sacraments. So on December 18, 2017, a man by the name of Gregory Guyton, who is a priest in Milwaukee, wrote an article in the National Catholic Reporter in which he confessed that he is a gay man and a gay Priest. There are a few comments in an article that I found the most troubling and the most heretical that I wanted to point out. The first comes from his reflection after his breakthrough moment when he realizes that he is gay. And he says, it felt more like a life sentence than freely embracing my true sexual orientation my true sexual orientation. After this, he said he moved forward still in his ordination due to advice and counsel that he received from his spiritual director of formation at the seminary and from his own spiritual director. Now, now let's understand what's going on here. Let's put this in context. That, that this man who just realized, he just had this breakthrough moment that he's not who he thought he was all his life. And that he's in seminary now. And that he confesses this to his spiritual formation director and his spiritual personal spiritual director. And they're all in agreement that even though he's someone other than who he thought he was all his life. That he should still continue on with the ordination process to become a priest and be in charge of people's souls. That... He's healthy enough and psychologically healthy enough to continue onward, right? That rather than giving this man some time away to reflect, to consider what's just happened to him, that all oh, just just keep going along in the ordination process and through seminary, and you're fine, you're healthy, you're psychologically healthy, you're well enough, you don't need time off to think about these things, to consider these things. I mean, it may be a crude analogy, but it is an analogy. All analogies eventually fall apart, right? But it's, it's sort of like realizing, you know, that all your life you thought you were a monkey, right? You were swinging from trees, you were eating bananas, you were, you know, scratching yourself like this, you were eating food with your hands, and then all of a sudden one day you realize, oh, I'm not a monkey, I'm a man, right? And so there's, you just don't make immediate transition to manhood, right? The, you, you need time to consider these things, the implications, the consequences, and learning how to live this new life. You don't just continue on in seminary um, without considering the, the consequences, the, the, the implications 
of this new reality, this, this new thing that you discovered. You don't keep going onward and put yourself in charge of people's souls. Next he says, as I weighed whether or not to speak out at different moments in my life and publicly accept the person God created me to be. The person that God, homosexual, man, that God created me to be. Then he says, for the next several years, I push onward in my priesthood, seeking to maintain the secrecy of my sexual orientation, only to discover that the harder I tried to suppress it, the more and more it was pushed me back in order for the truth to be set free. Over the past year, I came to the realization that I could no longer live the lie of masquerading as a straight man in the priesthood. Next, he says, I can only imagine that day in our church when we are accepted for who God created us to be and no longer fearing that we might be dismissed from active ministry. Then in closing, he says, I am Greg. I am a Roman Catholic priest. And yes, I am gay. This is perhaps, the, it is, without a question, the most disturbing article I've ever read in my entire life. Um, especially by a Catholic priest. In, in a sense, in one sense, I, I feel deeply sad for Greg. Because of his decision not to stop and pause and think about these things, but continue on in the formation process to become a priest, which led him to live this very psychologically unhealthy life. Um, that, that's, you know, that makes you sad that someone does that. It's sort of like a man who gets married for all the wrong reasons. You know, and, that, and that's anyone who does anything without thinking about it, without really discerning what they're getting into. I don't care whether it's marriage or, or, or the military or whatever. So everyone isn't called to everything, right? And when you're not called to something, it, it, it leads you to being frustrated in that which you are doing. And the second sentence is disturbed because it's heretical. It's heretical. And I wrote an article about this called Homosexualism, the Creeping Catholic Heresy. I wrote it back in February of 2014. And I posted a link down to it in the subject of this video. So just go down below, click the link, and read the article. And I invite you to. I wrote the article back in early 2014, and it's still true today as it is then, and, and even more so. Now, to preface my comments, what I'm about to say is that I'd like to talk about a few things from my own experience that I remember the first time I ever stole something. I think I was about five years old. And ever since then, from to the time I asked God to deliver me from this inclination, I had always felt the inclination to steal, to take what wasn't mine. 
And for whatever reason, it, it just felt good. I never discerned it. I never really had any deep moment of introspection of why do I just want to take things, whether it was a Snickers candy bar at a store or whether it was someone's wife. Um, taking what didn't belong to me felt good. Up until the moment where I prayed to God to take this thing away, and he, and he did immediately. But it was an inclination. At, at, at no point in time <laughs> during this period of, of my life, um, which spanned like three decades, maybe less, did I ever say, I'm a thief. Right? That God created me to be a thief. That, that That's who I am. That's how I'm oriented. I never took what I knew was an inclination and made it my identity. Right? And it would be the same with um, my inclination that, that I've had ever since I was a teenager and masturbate. Right? I knew it wasn't right i knew it was unnatural I, I think i knew what my my body parts were supposed to be used for and i knew that this was disorder was something that i was inclined to do right it was it was something that i became habitual and um up until you know i became catholic i really didn't have any resource to really have to help me right um but, but, but at no time whatsoever did I ever identify myself as a masturbator. Um, at, at no time I say this is my identity, this is who I am, or that God created me to be a masturbator. I, I never took what I knew was an inclination and made it my identity. Right. Now, 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 I'm not saying the, these things that, whether it was um, in my own life, whether it's theft or how the sacraments have helped me over the years, um, turn to virtue rather than temptation. And I, I'm not saying, you know, everyone can just pray things away. I'm not saying, I'm not telling people who have inclinations of same-sex attraction or homosexuality, just go pray gay away, right? I think that the good resources or is the, the courage organization and other resources that are out there to help people with that type of inclination. But what I am saying is that God is powerful, that God is willing that we can't quit on ourselves and just give up. <laughs> like, like, like Martin Luther, right? He had issues with God. Um, he couldn't understand why God loved him, right? And, 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 and rather than really struggle, continue to struggle and continue to fight with any, the, these things, he decides just, well, just, I don't know, change some scriptures, right? To create his own dogma and doctrines to justify himself. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that the fight is healthy, that wrestling with God, like Jacob wrestled all night, I'm saying wrestling with God is healthy, as long as you understand that God wins in the end, and that what you have to do, you have to struggle, you have to wrestle, you have to work through these things, and God is willing and God is able to help us through these things. It may not happen overnight, it, it may not never happen through our entire life. But we're called to wrestle, we're called to fight, we're called to be Israel in that sense, to struggle with God. What we aren't called to do is to give up, and we aren't called to make what we're struggling with our identity. That's what we're not called to do. Now I'm back to Gregor's comments in which he repeatedly says that God created him to be gay. And this is not only about him. I think there are many Gregories out there. In fact, I know there are. In fact, he says in his article that there's over 20,000, maybe 22,000 
of Gregory's people who think God created them to be gay, or priests with, with same-sex attraction in in the United States. Um, no, so this isn't about him as a person, but it is about the heresy that he is proposing that many people in the Western Catholic Church are starting to buy into. The heresy of homosexualism is uncompromising and it's aggressive and it is one of the most dangerous heresies facing the Catholic Church today. Homosexualism teaches that homosexual acts are natural, that same-sex attraction is natural, that people are born with a predisposition, born to be attracted to people of the same gender. It rejects the natural phenomenon of fully formed genitalia as a means by which we determine our sexual orientation or as a means by which we determine our sexual attraction. It rejects the church teaching of the complementary other when it comes to male and female. Yet they also reject the traditional notion of the patriarchal family. Yet what I propose so far is just the mild expression of what this heresy of homosexualism proposes. There are even some more radical subsets of this cult which would deny the gender-specific biology altogether and all of its trappings, such as marriage and monogamy. What is the objective of these homophiles such as Gregory? Well, their objective is to get us to buy into their idea that homosexuality is just another natural um, sexual orientation for human beings, just like heterosexuality. That is, same-sex attraction being natural, it is unchangeable. It being unchangeable, it is permanent. It being permanent, there is nothing we can do about it but accept it. This objective of theirs is, is a complete repudiation of, of, of natural law, of sacred scripture, of two decades of scientific study, all of which reject the notion that people are born gay or, or born thieves or, or born masturbators. But do not be confused. The Catholic homophiles do want to change church teaching on this very subject. All heresies homosexualism and, and all of them throughout, throughout the history of the Catholic Church all of them do one thing they attack the sacraments of the Catholic Church this, this heresy of homosexualism is, is very close to what Martin Luther was saying Martin Luther was saying that that there that the sacraments like baptism have no regenerative or transformative power that that we're just dung hills that we get covered up by Christ but the dung hill remains the same even though Christ covers us, what's underneath that covering is still a dunghill. And that there's nothing we can ever do to change it. This is a really strange anthropology. That, that the sacraments can do nothing. That grace can do nothing. That who we are is who we will always be. That's the teaching of Martin Luther. And that's the teaching of these homophiles like, like Gregory. That he's gay and he's always going to be gay. Just deal with it. And remember another thing about these heresies. That they all, they all start off small. Arianism is another one. You know, just the teaching of a guy. Spread to another guy. Spread to a priest and to a bishop. Next thing you know, nearly half or more of the Catholic bishops 
in the known world at that time had been caught up and swept into the heresy of Arianism. And the people who this heresy is most dangerous to, most susceptible to, are the people with the, the type of Catholics who read National Catholic Report. The type of Catholics who are bought into the idea of being welcoming of sin, of being non-judgmental when it comes to sinful acts, of confusing love with apathy. I need you to be awake in regards to this heresy because we are living in a very dangerous time. Too many of our clerics are leading the sheep to hell. Even our, our current Pope, Francis, is determined to make his own personal ideology and his ideas codify dogma rather than doing what the Catholic Church has done since the beginning. No one man makes dogma. No small community of people changes church teaching. Rather, we pray, we listen, we watch, we study, we contemplate all these things with the Holy Spirit over a course of centuries to determine whether these things are true. We live in union and pray in union and watch with the Holy Spirit to determine over a course of centuries, not days, not weeks, not months, not years, centuries, to determine whether these things, what we propose, are true. We recognize that it's not our church. It's the church of Christ. And it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that leads us. That's why we don't, we don't just make up new things. We don't innovate ideas. And they become our beliefs overnight. It takes time in the Catholic Church for us to know what is true. And that's fine. But heresy is always impatient. Heresy won't be denied. Heresy will force itself upon you. Also understand that priests like Gregory have nothing to offer you. Now I'm not suggesting, and I don't have the power to suggest, that you leave a church where there's a priest like Gregory, where there's a homophile as your pastor or associate pastor. No. What, what I'm saying is that you understand the risk that you place your soul in being in parishes like that. Where you have a priest who doesn't believe in the power of sacraments. Where they confess that the sacraments have no power. These pastors or these priests are essentially Protestants. They essentially have accepted the teaching of Martin Luther that we're just done to. So, so when you go to a sacrament like the sacrament of penance and reconciliation, understand that the type of counsel that you would be receiving from a person who that person, he himself, does not believe in the power of the sacrament. So when you go confess, well, Father, I'm struggling with this sin or that sin. Understand that that priest does not believe that the sacraments have any power whatsoever to transform you into the image of Christ. That they actually believe with their heart that who you are is who you will be because they believe that about themselves. So understand that. Again, I'm not saying you know, leave that parish or, or, or leave that, that, that community where you have a priest or a pastor where, who is a homophile. But what I am saying again is be aware of the danger that your soul and that your eternal life is in. Lastly, I beg of you to pray, pray, pray and fast 
for your priests, for your bishops, and for your pope. Our clerics are under constant attack by the evil one, who's looking to ravage them, to turn them, to destroy them. Because they destroy our priests, they destroy our families. They destroy our families they've won. So pray and fast for our clerics. Many of them don't even know that they're under attack. <laughs> you know, when, when you hear people like Gregory just give up, <laughs> just give up, you, you know that that was a man who has been under attack and has become weary, has become weary of the fight. And so we have to pray for them. We have to encourage them. Be weary, not in well-doing. Keep the fight. Keep struggling. Keep fighting. Keep wrestling. Because it is the good fight. Pray fast and courage. So please pray for their holiness and for their fidelity to the orthodoxy. Pray. Pray as if the salvation of many depend upon your prayers. Because it does. This has been A Word with David O'Gray. For more information about the content of this video, follow the links below. Visit me online at davidlgray.info. And follow me online, particularly on, on Facebook and on Twitter. And as always, I'm looking forward to your comments below. But until then, until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Hi, everybody. Thank you for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also be sure to check out the content you've missed. If you'd like to keep supporting my work, consider joining my team on Patreon, where you'll be gifted great perks like books, hoodies, and mugs. Thanks again.